Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And once again, we welcome each and every one of you to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is my good pal, good time player man, the king of Coshocton, Ohio, Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing fantastic, as we have discussed many times. I really enjoy this, uh, this piece of content and getting to talk to you each week. So thanks for taking the time, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm especially excited this week because we have a new sponsor. I'm really excited about that. Sorry, big new sponsor. And we want to thank our friends at the good people at Common Skew. Yes. That's right, Common Skew for their partnership. And I know you're a Common Skew customer, Kirby. I am. And I don't know if you know us. I have some stats here. And obviously, we all know it's an effortless way to run your business. I mean, that sounds good to everybody. Did you know that last year, Over $325 million in orders were processed by distributors just like you, Kirby, and I know you contributed to that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, It's a a wonderful platform. We we love it here at Hospital. Absolutely. I mean, for a cloud-based business management platform, it empowers entrepreneurs like you and many of our listeners out there. You can keep your sales life organized with a gorgeous dashboard, right? You manage all your client interactions in one place. I know and I've seen them, the stunning presentations that are created uh, that offer real-time customer interaction you convert from a presentation to a quote to a sales order with the click of a button it's effortless right kirby it is 100 percent true you can easily track every po you send you can integrate with a wide range of popular software solutions like quickbooks and esp sage distributor central and i think the part that most people already know about you can collaborate with your industry peers through common excuse popular social network so it's a social network just for the promotional products industry which i think is a pretty cool deal yeah, absolutely. I'm a again. I'm a user, um, and so I, I'm a big fan of the Common Skew uh, software, and also the Peeps at Common Skew. So it's good stuff. Good people there, and you know, as you know, Kirby at Common Skew, you can dim- eliminate double entry, you can impress your clients, you can close deals faster, and you can scale your business growth. And they are offering a free trial to our listeners, Kirby, which is pretty exciting. Cool. So if you'd like your free trial, go ahead and visit them at commonskew.com backslash unscripted. And get a taste of, uh, for yourself of what the Common Skew platform can do for you and your business. That's awesome. I'm excited to have them on board. Me too. It's good good stuff. So, Kirby, do you have the courage to proceed forward with this podcast? <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I'm excited about it. Excellent. So, as we're recording this, we are just about three weeks away mm-hmm. from a very important week of the year. Do you know what that is? I do, but I want to let you tell them. It is Promotional Products Work Week. Yeah. And one of my favorite weeks of the year and it's put on, as you know, by uh, PPAI. They do a great job really advocating for the power of promotional products in our industry and really focused at end users and making sure they're educated mm-hmm. on the value of promotional merchandise. Or as Bob, our friend Bobby Leahy would say, emotional marketing. That's really it. what we do in the promotional products world is emotional marketing. So I want to know what you have planned mm-hmm. at Hossman Marketing for Promotional Products Work Week? No, that's a great question, Bill. Um, yeah, we have historically – I love 
the concept behind PPWW. Um, Paul Bellantone and I have talked about this actually this week. Um, if you watch DMJ, you know that uh, Paul was the guest and we talked a little bit about some of the things coming up. Um, but uh, we have done everything. When it first started, we did a lot of social media stuff. We did blogs. We did videos. Um, you know, just spreading the word sort of from an online perspective. Over the last couple of years, we've done um, open houses. Um, I actually kind of took the PPAI's advice and went and spoke to the Rotary and the Kiwanis Club about um, the Power Promo last year. And then um, one of the cool things that's happening this year, and I, I'm going to be uh, involved sort of on the periphery, but uh, OPA, our local regional, um, I believe are uh, coming to Coshocton believe it or not, uh, to our local museum. Because as you know, I know, but not everybody probably does, um, the first promotional product was printed in Coshocton, Ohio. That's, That's right. And it's amazing that in 1889, someone, someone had the presence of mind to come up with a selfie stick. I think that is so <laughs> phenomenal that you've got a selfie stick made out of wood right there in Coshocton. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not talking about that. I apologize. No, but but Jasper Meek did uh, print on a bag uh, that promoted a local shoe store. So. Uh, that we're going to actually have some events here in Coshocton. Um, so I'm excited about that because I think it's really cool that our regional is going to kind of celebrate that history here. And then we'll do some other stuff via social media and content and that sort of thing as well. So lots of stuff planned for us um, because, I, I, again, I think it's a it's a com- incumbent upon us to take a leadership role. And so I'm excited about it. Awesome, awesome. Well, on my end, uh, yeah. at Promo Corner, we're going to be uh, really engaging people via social. Right. So you'll see see a lot of that. Also, um, I happen to be president of my regional association, nice. which is P- PPAMS, the Promotional Products Association of the Mid-South. And we've got a few activities planned for, for that week as well. My biggest contribution this year is I am honored to have been selected uh, by PPAI to attend LEAD in Washington, D.C. LEAD is uh, Legislative Education Action Day, where we are meeting with uh, congressmen and senators. Uh, I'll be meeting with several from my home state of Tennessee to talk about not only just the value of promotional products, but the promotional products industry as a whole and what it means to small business owners. So we've got a whole list of, of topics to talk about, and so I, I think that that's a great thing that PPAI puts on. And again, I'm honored to be part of, of the lead team this year to advocate to our legislators on behalf of our industry. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess I'm glad you brought it up. And so I think that for me, the big takeaway is I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, if they haven't historically taken part in Promotional Products Work Week, I think it really is a way for you to take a leadership role, not only in the industry, but quite frankly, in the eyes and minds of your customers. Well, no question. And I think that's great, Kirby. I mean, we've got a lot of issues. I mean, that proposed border adjustment tax, if that passes, that's going to really harm the promotional products industry. I mean, so there are some some real issues we need to talk about, not just the proposed border adjustment tax, but making sure we preserve uh, the safe harbor rule um, for independent contractors and, and really just making sure that you know, I've said this before when we've talked uh, through Salt and Pepper on mm-hmm. our Promo Kitchen articles that promotional products seems to be the easy whipping boy when a, uh, an, a, a politician wants to complain about wasteful expenditures. Well, they're not. We, we in our industry know they're not wasteful expenditures. And here's the thing. So do the politicians. Yeah, that's why they, they love, use them. They, <laughs> but, yeah, that's why they use them. That's why they love them. So 
Um, if you're not currently involved with the regional association, if you're not involved with the national association or international association, I should say, with PPAI, and you're not involved yet for Promotion Products Work Week, please get involved. Um, if you just Google PPAI, PPWW, it's going to take you right to the Promotional Products Work week.com website and uh, you can get involved and really help uh, raise the awareness of the power of our industry. So I just wanted to come out of the gate with that, Kirby. Yeah, awesome. Well, you got another topic for us? Yeah, actually, and this is a little bit of a departure, a little bit from a, from a tone perspective, but, um, but it stay, stays in our industry. So um, you have asked me via salt and pepper, via live debate, um, repeatedly and we've actually had this conversation and I always struggle with it and you've asked me what is my least favorite or the worst promotional product and you mentioned the selfie stick in you know our previous topic um and I know that's the, the, the bizarre wooden selfie stick yeah that's right from from Kashakton uh Correct. so but I finally figured it out today I had a moment Whoa. I had an epiphany of the promotional product that I think is the worst the what is that it's the political bumper sticker. So I know – and before everybody freaks out, I know that there are, there are companies in our industry that make a lot of money with that. And I'm not t- knocking on the bumper sticker per se. But the political bumper sticker, I, I just – it's one of those moments where you're like you're either the person who voted for the guy or gal who couldn't beat the asshole who's in office or you voted for the asshole who's in office. There's right. no win of putting up a political bumper sticker on. And I literally, I was actually talking about this in the office today. I said, I wouldn't put a political bumper sticker on my car if it was for me. And I ran for office. (laughs) So that's my take on it. Because you just like, literally the moment the election's over, it is over. Well, it's over and it's, it, it paints you in a poor picture regardless. Well, Kirby, as you might imagine, I have some thoughts here, which I now I, I now have the courage to share. So I've never understood anyone who puts a political bumper sticker on their vehicle because I don't go, I don't drive behind a Ford Escort and see someone has a bumper sticker of candidate A and candidate B and go, you know what? That great Ford Escort is right. I'm changing my vote. Um, I, I've never understood that. And I'll go a step further. I, I like bumper stickers, but I've never understood the actual application on a bumper. Right. Um, throw it on your laptop, I think, makes sense. I think you know there's many other applications for the bumper sticker, but I don't care how awesome the bumper sticker is. It just devalues the car. And, I, again, we have some great uh, suppliers in the industry who do bumper stickers, but I would say they would probably say the same thing. There are better applications for them than actually putting them on your vehicle. Well, usually, though, it's it's so funny. You know what made me think of it is this morning um, I'm doing my normal routine where I go to the hospital and had your breakfast at the hospital. Had my breakfast. Gotta at the have hospital. breakfast at the Kashakton Hospital, people. <laughs> That's right. And so, literally, this car comes into the parking lot, and in that parking lot, there's where you can park, and then there's an alley, and then there's another parking lot, and a um, a garbage truck is essentially coming up the alley. This guy pulls in, slows down in the parking lot, then just pulls directly in front of the uh, garbage truck, <laughs> like cuts him off completely, and goes into the other parking. And the garbage – it was one of those funny moments that we've all had where the garbage truck guy just looks at me 
kind of shrugs his shoulders with his hands up and we both laugh and he just goes about his day. And I look at the guy and he's got a political bumper sticker. And I won't say which candidate it was, but my first inclination was figures. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sorry that he put my bumper sticker on the brief time I lived in Coshocton and ran for city council, Kirby. Yeah. Um, no, it's an interesting take. And I, I, I I think again, it, it, it's uh, you're right. It does paint you in a specific corner, and, and one you may not want to be painted in after Forever. a certain period of time. So good stuff. Good cool. stuff. What's next? All right. So I've got a topic, and, and again, this is unscripted. You are not aware of this topic, correct? So I was looking at uh, over the weekend. You um, you're in the process of opening up Possum and Brewing, mm-hmm. and you did what a lot of uh, I think people do when they buy older buildings or older homes. Yep. They want to see, hey, what's underneath this crappy carpet or this crappy flooring? And many times there's some really cool Art Deco stuff or you know or the original wood, and, and I'm always interested in that. And I think you and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you had pulled up. Some some pretty bad flooring. There was some uh, ugly glue, and then underneath that glue, you get. You, I think you brought some people in to get it removed. There's some beautiful tile work, and I don't know how far it dates back, but just gorgeous tile yeah. work. Yeah, it was amazing. So it made me think about you. Okay. Um, not like that. It made me. It made me think about. So you have really built a terrific brand. You've got Hossman Marketing, which has several. Um, components to it, right? You have the digital marketing, you've got um, you got the video production, you've got promotional products, obviously, and you do social media work as well. Now you're building a brand around the brewing company. And I want to know, just from your perspective, walk us through your thought process as you built a brand. And I've been with you in Coshocton, Ohio. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't walk five feet without someone knowing who you are. And it's not just because you grew up there and still happen to live there. It's really because you built a brand for yourself. Walk us through your thought processes in building the brand that's now extending into a completely different industry. And this is not a commercial for Kirby. Yeah, I mean, it's not how I'm asking this. Yeah, gosh, it's, it's really it's very flattering. Thank you for the kind words. I mean, that's really nice. Um, you know – I, I honestly, um, I think that it, especially early on, it wasn't – I never really considered building a brand, right? Um, that I was just trying to build a business, um, especially when I got into sales in our industry. And, and, and I don't know how you are because you, you talked about how um, I grew up here. I moved away. I came back or whatever. And I think a lot of my early work was trying to overcome the fact that people in our community knew me as the 16-year-old jerk that I was, right? That I needed to overcome, you know, that that people looked at me as I was the same as I was in high school, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so if there was any brand building, it was just about to say, look, I'm not the same person and hopefully I'm evolving. Um, that being said, I think when I really started paying attention to that was when I had kids, and I started to understand that we are, especially with social media and the internet, that we're all creating a digital legacy. And so I was like, you know, it's, it goes back to the funny thing where everybody's like, gosh, I'm glad there wasn't Facebook when we were in college. Um, and so I, in answer to your question, I mean, now I pay a lot of attention to it because I'm, you know, because I feel like um, I have spent a lot of time. But at the end, at the end of the day, it's really about, gosh, if I just provide value, if I just am giving 
first, as I talk about all the time, and I'm kind, the brand stuff will take care of itself. But you know, on the other side of that, I guess, as I to contradict myself a little bit, is that you know I I am intentional about what I put out there. Um, I I focus on positivity and that sort of thing because I don't think there's a lot of that out there. Um, so that's really been it. I mean, I continue to do that regardless. And that's one of the things I like about the brewing side is that I feel like it's the same is that is if you, if you are putting out good and positivity, people tend to, to, um, it tends to resonate with people. Yeah. And let me, let me follow up with that. So when, when you started the brewing company Mm -hmm. and I know you got your federal license, your Mm -hmm. state license, I think will be here sometime in the next five, six weeks. If I remember the timeline correctly, why did you choose to name it Hossman Brewing as opposed to something else? Ah, that's fair. That's a good question. Um, because c- candidly, I mean, uh, peripherally, it's a German name, right? So mm-hmm. German is synonymous with beer, and so I felt like that made sense. But if truth be told, I think that um, you know people in our community know my name and know my family's name, um, and so yeah, I'd say that I'd be lying if I didn't say I was trying to leverage that piece of it because we had spent 20 years building it. Well, I think that makes sense though. And that's what I, I guess I wanted to get at. I think it's very good that you take your brand, um, that you have at Hossman Marketing and you're, you're moving it over to, like I said, a different industry. So I just kind of wanted to ask you about that journey a little bit. So yeah, well, thanks. And plus I'm wildly narcissistic and egotistical. Well, that went without saying, that's like saying, Hey, the sky is blue and the sun came up today. So uh, but you know, so there's that. Yeah, you got another topic. Yeah, I, this is totally a curiosity for me. Um, so if you read, uh, and you know, I'm a pretty voracious reader, and I read a lot about about different successful people. Um, and in a lot of different books and a lot of articles, people talk about the art of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and candidly, I have not historically meditated. Um, and within the last couple of weeks, I have started to try and learn the practice. So I'm curious. I guess the first question is, and I have some follow-ups, but do, do you practice meditation at all? I do. Okay. So tell me about that. How long have you done it? Um, that's This is something neat that we've never talked about. Yeah, probably for the last four or five years. Okay. I take time out of every day. Um, and you know, I don't follow a specific meditation track, but what I do is I make sure every possible input in terms of media, in terms of noise, in terms of everything is gone Mm -hmm. for a half hour. And I, I just kind of, I sit in my chair here in my office, I close my eyes and I start thinking about, I, I, I purposely think about things where I might be challenged with. Okay. And whether it's it's work or something else, maybe maybe it's home stuff, whatever it is, or something I'm challenged with, and I allow my mind to just go where it goes, mm. and I find it very relaxing. Sometimes I, I almost drift off. I'm so relaxed. I don't think I ever have, but I uh, my brain goes to places where it doesn't usually because you know music's on, the kids are around, the dogs barking, whatever it may be, but that silence to me is that meditation and, and I'm able, I find myself, that's when I'm at my most creative. That's when I, I find myself most centered. And when I stop the meditation, when I'm done, I generally feel recharged, refreshed and ready to finish the day. So usually around sometime around every day between 1130 and one, I will take a half hour to myself 
and and do that. Okay, that's good. I, you know, it's funny. It's something like uh, I've read so many times that different people who I admire do that, and, and you know, it's funny because historically I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time for that, and I quite frankly I think. I've always thought and take it as you will, but I've always thought, oh, meditation is kind of hippy dippy, whatever. And I think right. that's because I didn't understand it, um, quite honestly. So, um, and I didn't know where to start, and I didn't know what to do. And so, mm-hmm. I actually, um, a buddy of mine who's another entrepreneur told me about an app called Headspace, which I'd never heard about up until two weeks ago. Um, and so, it's kind of guided meditation. So, that's been really interesting for me because it's kind of showing me how to do it. Um, it's right. just 10 minutes at a time. And for me, that's a good place to start. So I was just curious to see if you, you did it and if you'd heard about that and, and, you know, honestly, if other people in the audience had thoughts on it as well. I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they do. do. And hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll chime in. Sure. Um, but, you, you know, know, I just, like I said, it, it's, I, I call it meditation. It probably isn't. I, like no, I yeah. said, I don't follow any sort of Eastern European, you know, Eastern philosophy, um, but uh, it's it does. I do find that that quiet time sure. really is is my form of meditation and very very centering. So good 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 topic. Love to hear everybody's thoughts about it. So a couple of quick things before we wrap it up, Kirby. I know we're up against it. I want to give a big shout out to Ben Taylor from Bam Bam. Yeah. Um, he uh, was so inspired or disgusted <laughs> with. Our podcast last week, he took it upon himself to record a 15-ish minute, I don't want to say rebuttal, but it was almost him joining the conversation. Yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to uh, check that out, go to Facebook and uh, type in Benjamin Taylor and you'll find his Facebook feed and it's on there and it's it's pretty terrific. So Ben, thank you very much as always for listening and, and really uh, engaging us in that way. One final topic before we, we cut it short, uh, Kirby, it's a very sad week for me as uh, I think we need a moment of silence. I have will. a feeling I know what this is about. <laughs> The greatness that is Tony Romo has decided to hang up his spikes, hang up his cleats, and call it a career. Apparently, he's going to be entering uh, the broadcasting arena. And I think it would behoove all of us to not only just take a moment of silence for the greatness of Tony Romo, but maybe thank him for elevating football to where it is today, (laughs) at least professionally. Yeah, well, that's – it's so funny because my third topic was about this. If we got to a third topic, I was going to ask you how you felt about this. I think we understand now how you do. No, how I really feel. He he is a very polarizing figure. A lot of people don't like him. I love his story. Undrafted out of Eastern Illinois. Um, He holds every significant Cowboys passing record. Um, You know, he certainly had his misfortunes on the football field as anyone does, but the statistics show he was one of the most clutch fourth quarter players um, in the history of the NFL. The bottom line is he didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. I think, you know, his heart broke when uh, the NFL ruled that Des Bryant didn't catch the ball a couple years ago in the Green Bay playoff game. I'll go to my dying day saying he caught the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a a big believer that if three guys sitting in a bar say it's a catch, it's a catch. Um, (laughs) 
but uh, you know, it just didn't happen for him. But what a great career! And, and I will tell you, just very little I know about him. A terrifically nice human being. I hate the fact that so many people hate on him. I've always been a Tony Romo apologist, and he's certainly better than a lot of the quarterbacks out there. But just injuries caught up to him, and uh, I think it's I think it's a smart thing to do. I'm, I'm happy for him that he's hanging him up. Yeah, no, I, I kind of figured you'd you'd kind of have that take. I I think a lot of times it's it's tough to know for athletes and for people in in business when to hang it up, and I kind of feel like he's timing it right. I do too. I do too. Well, it's time for us to wrap this up. And before we go, I do want to thank our friends again at Common Skew. Uh, they are, if you're looking for a business platform that is about as frictionless as possible to run your promotional products distributorship. Give them a visit. And, and like I said, given everybody of this show, every listener of this show, a free trial. So visit them at commonskew.com backslash unscripted. You won't regret it. Uh, you know, like I said, Kirby is a, is a customer of Common Skew. I am a, a practitioner uh, of the platform as well. So we can't speak highly enough of it. I think that's why we're so excited uh, to have them as part of our little uh, unscripted family. Absolutely. Welcome to the carnage that is unscripted. Thanks, Common Skew. Uh, there you go. Well, thanks a lot, Kirby. It's been a blast as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday only at promocorner.com, the leading digital marketing service for the promotional products industry.